You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we we break break it all down. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Cannabis Hangout. Today we are having a phone conversation with a special special guest, Dr. Pepper Hernandez. She is a naturopathic doctor. She offers telemedicine services. She is very knowledgeable in everything having to do with cannabis medicine. And she's also the founder and CEO of Cannabis Holistic Institute out of Humboldt County in California. We're super excited to pick her brain and let you all listen in on the conversation. So please welcome Dr. Pepper Hernandez to the Cannabis Hangout. Out. Welcome. Hi, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. I am so stoked to talk to you. We are so happy you're here. Thank you so much for yes. taking time out of your day to talk with us. We're really excited. We're so thrilled Absolutely. to chat and get to know you and ask you all the questions. So first off, let's just start with your name is legendary. It <laughs> sounds so cool. And I have to say I have a cat named Pepper, so I just love your name even more. Oh, how cute. I know. She's so cute. <laughs> Anyways, enough about my cat. Um, tell us where your cannabis journey began and what got you interested in a holistic health with cannabis medicine. Wow, that's a huge piece, but I'll try to narrow it down. And and may I first just say your intro music is phenomenal. Yeah, I thank you. Love it. Thank you. Love it. Love it. Wow, yeah, that's what you want people to, to say. <laughs> yeah, you're always jamming, jamming to it. We so literally, when yeah. we created it, we were thinking like we want someone to like nod their head to it and like jam, have like their own little jam sesh before like we come on. And so <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, check, check, check. Very well done. That's thank exactly you. what I was doing. So thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you for the name. Um, props, I guess. My parents gave that to me before I was born. So it kind of was just suited and it just stuck. And then I got a couple doctorates um, as far as education purposes go. And then it just kind of took on its own you know, power, this Dr. Pepper, which yeah. is super cute because it's also a soda and I don't drink Dr. Pepper. It's Anyhow, so cute though. It's really cute. <laughs> but it is easier for people to find me and it's something that sticks, um, you know, when someone's reading about me, whether it's in one of my many things that I do, and I'll talk about that later if you want to know about the content uh, that I'm creating. Around yes, Canada. we have questions all with Great. that. So, yes. Great. So I I guess to answer your first question, how did I, you know, kind of come about into cannabis? And my story really begins, you know, about 10 years ago when I moved out to Humboldt County. I didn't necessarily move out to Humboldt County for the same reason everyone else seems to have done. Um, Most of them had gone out because they knew about the cannabis industry and they were either going to work or um, on a farm or, or to trim, like to grow, to to do something having to do with cannabis. And for those listeners who don't know where Humboldt County is, you're missing out because Humboldt County has some of the best cannabis uh, to date. Now, I've been here in Oklahoma for a little while, and Oklahoma's starting to really pull it together. Um, But with that being said, Humboldt County um, is known, it's world known for cannabis. And I found myself as a private practitioner right off, I mean, right out the gate, there in Humboldt County without really knowing about cannabis. 
honesty. I mean, I knew about cannabis. I smoked pot all mm-hmm. through, you know, high school and college. But it wasn't that I just knew the medicinal properties. I had um, kind of not really been introduced to that side of it. So here I find myself 10 years ago in Humboldt with all of this access to pretty much any strain, any cultivar, all organic, yummy goodness cannabis. And I started using it for the the patient that was most close to me myself. Mm-hmm. I, I needed it for a number of reasons. I was diagnosed about 20 years or more ago with epilepsy. So I started using particular strains and particular dosage methods for my seizures okay. because I couldn't hit. I couldn't handle THC, so I had to go really CBD and CBG and CBN dominant. So I started dialing it in really, really quickly, very, um, you know, just just right away, knowing that I could only do cannabis. What were you using for your um, seizures? So at that time, the only thing I could find was indica dominant leaves that I could juice. So I was only juicing. Now, speed up, you know, a few years later, now I'm using a CBD, um, Harley Sue combo in a tincture and that helped me much better. And, um, so yeah, so I, that's kind of how I came about cannabis and really understanding its medicinal properties. Then, a, you know, a few years after I had moved to Humboldt, I had, well, I was, there was a tumor the size of a grapefruit that found inside of my body. And we, you know, went along that process of, do I go allopathic? Do, you know, do I go that fear route? Right. And, and, you know, there was can- this cancer scare was there and all of these things. So I ended up juicing for a year, just juicing. And I'm happy and proud to say that I've never had to take any kind of chemo that it, it, everything is all of my cancer indicators are CA125. They are all back into normal range. Wow. And I've been able to do everything through cannabis. And that wasn't even like hardcore 60 grams in 90 days of RSO. I was juicing. So were you juicing so, like, do you mean you were just juicing from the morning you woke up to, you know, before you went to bed, oh, like for all your meals? I should, yeah, I should okay. really clarify that. Thank you for that yeah. question. So what I was doing was I was juicing cannabis leaves, fresh cannabis leaves. And I was making sure that I got, and this is for my protocol, right? This Mm -hmm. is my particular body needs this particular protocol. So not, you know, not everybody jump on the bandwagon, but leaves can't hurt you. So it's great. Mm -hmm. Um, I was doing an ounce of pulp and juice a day. Wow. And yeah, and it can, so it was like about an ice cube. What I was doing was I was going to my, um, brother's farm and I was filling up ice cube trays with juice, you know, I was juicing the leaves and then I was freezing them. And then the one cube, if you look in the ice cube tray, the old school ice cube tray, mm-hmm. one cube is about an ounce. So I'd make sure that I was consuming at least that every single day. Oh, wow. So what gave you, sorry, what gave you the idea to juice your cannabis? Cause I've never, yeah. I don't know. I would I literally, know. you're the, actually the first and only person. Was it I've like one leaf from. Two, like how many leaves were you juicing to create well, the ounce? I mean, so my brother's farm was quite large back in that day, those days. And I was just juicing 
all the leaves I could find because there's a time and season where they call leafing mm-hmm. and they pay people to come out and leaf their plants, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're a grower, you understand that. Well, I was just going out and leafing all the time as much as I could. So I was trying to get as much leaf as I possibly could, knowing that his plants were organic and they were indica dominant because that's the only thing that my nervous system could handle at the time. Okay. And I guess the reason to answer the the other question of why juicing, um, I actually wrote an article on it in the Emerald Magazine. It's called Five Leads a Day After I Healed Myself. And I don't talk about the cancer scare or anything all that often mm-hmm. because I don't want that to be the main focus of, of what, you know, what I right, talk right, about. Yeah. But I was already a raw food enthusiast. I had been a raw foodist for like 10 years. So juicing was just part of my protocol for just normal health reasons. So I think I was just, I just thought, I'll just add cannabis too. Like, why not? You know, <laughs> I'm already juicing kale. I'm already juicing beets. I'm doing all of these things and I'm having a normal um, juice feasting mm-hmm. throughout the week. Anyhow, why don't I just use cannabis? And so I just really upped my dosage and made it kind of, um, I wouldn't say guinea pig, but I, I made it a trial to see if that was actually going to work or change my hormone hormonal level at all. And it did. It made a huge difference, obviously. That is so interesting. Would you like, we, is that something that you would you recommend or for like just every the everyday you know person like you know just uh, so are you still sub- juicing with cannabis let's ask that question and then yeah, yeah is this something you would recommend to like <laughs> like if I were to do this like is that something you would rec- like not even just it's really good for your yeah, body is it like good for your body I guess is what we're I mean, asking. obviously it is because she wouldn't have been juicing okay we yeah. have a lot of questions, yeah. <laughs> so so much. Many questions. So many questions. So let me start off with number one. Everything needs to be organic because your body is going to compound anything that's non-organic. So that would be my first right off the bat. Now, mm-hmm. liability purposes, this conversation is for education purposes only. Absolutely. So what I would suggest is if someone was interested in doing that to really check with the other medications they're possibly taking, their acidity, their pH balance within their body, because you know, cannabis itself, when juiced, can be very, very acidic, interestingly enough. So you have to make sure that your body um, isn't, you, you know, getting more of that also in your regular diet for the rest of the day. Okay. So you really want to balance that. And there are these things called pH testing strips that I was using every day. And when I do talk with students or clients or patients, um, I usually suggest them to start right off the bat with something like that. So I just know what their pH is and then if they could handle juicing. Now, some people aren't lucky enough to have be able to drive an hour or go out into the garage or go out onto the ranch and grab your leaves. Right. So for those people in other parts of the country or other parts of the world, you know, tincture methods are better. So it really depends. And I'm not saying everyone jump out there and, Uh, start juicing, but I am saying if you're growing cannabis anyhow, absolutely use the leaves. Do not throw them away. They are not just biomass. You know, a lot of people think, oh, they're just biomass. Let's just toss them to the side because they're really focused on the flower, which is absolutely, yes, important. But there is nutrition from or nutritional content from not only the leaves, but the roots and the stems too. 
So we have to look at this plant as a holistic plant, just like we look at the body as a holistic system. Wow. Great explanation. That was a really good explanation. I think that's why Brandon and I love doing this is because when educated people like yourself come on here, and of course we know all parts of the plant are very healing and that's why we're here is to break the stigma and educate people. But like you even just saying that, I had no idea that you could do that. And so for me, I I definitely learned something new and I'm sure our, our listeners have too. And so it's really, I mean, it just goes back to the, like you should use every part of the plant because it's so usable, which is so, you can't really say that about any other plant. People just need to learn more about, about it. it. Yeah, right. which is so sure. cool. So um, to segue in, tell us a little bit about the Cannabis Institute that you've created for people who are eager to learn more about um, the properties of cannabis and the endocannabinoid system. Yes, thank you for asking. That is my, we have passion, right, in mm-hmm. in, in life, and that is, one of my passions, but it's also a purpose of mine. So the Cannabis Holistic Institute was created now um, around four years ago. It was the first online cannabis program. It's the first and only in Humboldt County. And we've moved to having students all over the country. I have students in almost every state and we have them outside of the, you know, in different countries in our world. And the goal of this is to really And I'll just be honest with you. The goal is really, I saw a huge division between, and this is in Colorado and California, and even now in Oklahoma, there was a huge division between physicians who were educating themselves and then butt tenders who were educating themselves. There was just a very large gap Mm -hmm. of education within that system. So physicians may or may not want to get educated in cannabis. They may not have the time. If they have the passion, then they'll go for it. If they don't, then they don't. Um, But they can certify someone to get a medical card. Now the person, the patient, has a medical card, and they go to the dispensary. And it's really a toss-up of which dispensary they go to. Now, some dispensaries, they have cannabis consultants. That's wonderful. They have nurses on staff. They have doctors on staff in some states. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. But then what about those dispensaries that don't have the funds for that or don't have that as their main focus? Right. Now the patient is left to just purchase whatever they feel, like maybe they saw advertisement or that the bud tender has been, um, now not in Oklahoma, but in the state of California, it was what the bud tender was being paid to promote um, through, you know, logo or swag mm-hmm. or whatnot. So was it really, Is you know, I just saw this huge gap with the patient going from medical card to dispensary to home to solving their issue. And I just thought we need cannabis consultants. And so the first year of this program was simply devoted to physicians, MDs, NDs, PhDs. Those are the only people we would accept. We accepted 12 students. The second year, we opened that to nurses, holistic practitioners, um, and, and, and more mm-hmm. certified mm-hmm. You know, health, health professionals. Mm-hmm. And in this last few years, we've been opening it to a few more, but still in the spectrum of understanding and educating patients and also having um, the focus with a lifelong membership to this. Oh, wow. So it's not like, yeah, so it's not like this program that you just take and there's 10 classes and there's a portfolio and there's, you know, we get you board certified ready. We get all of that done, but it's not just that. It's a continued 
movement of network of these physicians, but also all the trainings from here on out are complementary. We want you to stay educated because there's just so much. And as you ladies know, I mean, cannabis is changing all the time. There's more education. We're always learning no matter how trained we are. So that's really what the Cannabis Holistic Institute is, is to educate people to be that mediator in between, to have some the patients or clients go to and say, what do you suggest? Yes. What do you suggest about treatments, about dosage, about supporting ingredients, about the cannabinoids, about terpenes, about everything? Like, I need help. That's so like, cool who, that you're you able. Go yeah, that was so. That's awesome that you're able to meet people's needs in that sense. Because you know you have other sources like Leafly and stuff that are great to go and try to figure that stuff out. But like, as a cannabis therapy consultant, you work with people and recommend specific strains, applications, and dosages based on their blood type and ailments. And I think that's so personal personal, and I love how special that is. And you obviously put like a lot of time and loads of research into it and you're a very passionate person. What would you say, Dr. Hernandez, is that what you love most about what you get to do? This is a great question. I love so many things. I love connecting with my students. I love connecting with patients, but I think probably the most rewarding and fulfilling is hearing the stories of how cannabis has fully transformed their life. So much so that they are now becoming a cannabis consultant. That's awesome. So much so that they are wanting to take the course just to help their, you know, their grandparents or their grandchildren or, or their neighbor. And it's, it's just so rewarding to have a place, a hub of all information that's absolutely documented, that's, you know, sourced and researched that people can go to and pull from and feel comfortable about it. And I absolutely love Leafly. I work with them very closely. I work with Leafwell closely. I have affiliations and collaborations with many, many um, people out there. I'm, I'm grateful for them doing their work as yes, well. But yes. as you as you touched on, it is extremely personal. So that's another piece of what I love so much about it is I get to hear the interpersonal conversations these people are having with themselves about why they've had anxiety for so long mm-hmm. or, you know, why they have chronic illness or why their father has cancer or whatever it be. It's, it's so touching and it's so rewarding to be able to be that like, not only the physician and the practitioner, but also a a companion in times when they need it. Yes, absolutely. That's a really good way to being able to connect with people. Like that's what you're just, that's what you're doing constantly helping people and connecting with other humans. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love love what I'm doing. I've created, um, or it's been created for me. Uh, by the universe, and I'm just following the path. Yeah, you go. We love to hear it. I just and I just want to say how awesome it is. Um, as I was, you know, going through your website and reading, getting to know you and reading about you, um, it it's so cool that you implement blood type as a way to recommend strains and dosages. And I'm so intrigued by that because that's not anything I've ever heard about before. So, do you mind sharing what that entails and how blood plays a factor in recommending cannabis, especially strain specific? Absolutely. So I think it's more than just blood type, to be honest with you. It's blood type, it's your pH balance, it's 
the body system in which you're having issues. That's really what I look at. So if someone's having multiple ailments or disease or discomfort, I look at what body system that's coming from. What's that stemming from? So is that the glandular system? Is that the nervous system? Um, And then from there, I couple that with, okay, what's the blood type? What's the pH balance? What kind of foods are they consuming? What vitamin, mineral, nutrients are they deficient in? And then we can start looking at strains, cultivars, particular combinations of cannabinoids, and how important the terpenes are on top of that. And that's a huge diagnostic tool for me. So it's a combination of all of those. Things. That is so really cool. Clear. Yeah, so cool. That is awesome. So I I work for a chiropractor, and what you're talking about, all the different systems. He's been doing this new zone technique with all the different systems. You know, on the back of your head with acupressure points, and it's amazing because it's doing it's healing people as they're being adjusted frequently from and whatever problem that they're having in what system. So what you're saying is literally going hand in hand with that. Love it. Love it. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. Okay. So it just makes a lot of sense when you're trying to really dial in and get to the root cause of what's happening because, you know, inflammation, for example, a lot of people have inflammation that causes issues and it's like, okay, what body system is that? Let's look at the nervous system, the immune system. Let's look at what foods that person's consuming. And then, by the way, I want to get the number or the information that you have for who you're working with. And that way we can send them to people like that. And that can be, you know, a very synergistic relationship for the client or the patient. If they have a team, and I always I always tell people this, get a team of experts. Don't just depend on one particular, you know, allopathic physician or primary care or general physician. Like you are hiring these people. Get a team set up for you where you are first priority and then go from there. That's a great, that's that a great is. advice. That is awesome. So I'm, I'm curious as I'm very holistic myself, how do you transition clients of yours from taking traditional medicines to using CBD or other holistic alternatives? So that's a, that's, that's a very broad, I'll give you a broad answer okay. to a very clear question. Okay. Um, Every person is so different. Every person is so unique. And what we do is I 100% of the time always work with their primary care and their prescribing physician because that's how we can get and we have to be a team, meaning myself, the patient or client and their doctors, their doctors who have already been working with them because we have to come together to find a new protocol. And that's just how that works. So the person who, and I get people uh, almost on a daily who are trying to get off their prescription medication. Oh, I'm sure. And, and it's wonderful. I love that. I think it's great and it's doable. You know, I am a, a clear case of that. But the truth being is the prescribing physician, even if it was five years ago, three states over, we have to get them to work with us. 
Like Which I'm sure is sometimes very goes. difficult, right? It, I mean, I'm sure you face some sort be. of challenges sometimes. It can be. It can be. I, I have had a few here and there, but for the most part, those physicians, if they're caring, kind physicians, which most people are, they're going to want the best for their patient and they're going to want to have a short conversation with someone like me who is an expert in that field or known to be an expert in that field just to help support and help them say, hey, this is this is the, the, the week one, week two, week five, week 12. This is what we have set up. We want how you can adjust that medication in order to get to this end goal. Can we do this together? And nine times out of 10, it's an absolute yes, and they're happy to do it. That's really cool. That's just, yes, that's just kind of how it works. So yes, we do get people off medications, but there is, it just just depends on situation. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. That's a good answer. That was a really good answer. So what advice, um, kind of tacking onto that, what advice would you give to someone who is hesitant but very curious on using cannabis as an alternative form of medicine to heal body but can't quite take that leap of faith? Oh, this is a great one because there are so many people out there and, you know, even within my own family members or I have clients or, or students who who have these questions and really what it's about is education, education, education. And it's not about... Um, Finding those sources for that person. It's about asking the person, what it is, what, what are you looking to utilize cannabis for? What's your end goal? Um, what are you curious about? And then have them look at, you know, any kind of content, maybe magazine articles, maybe blogs, maybe social media posts, maybe um, get on and, and find for them if they need, um, find some other research pieces. I have so many things out there for people in these situations. I actually have tons of videos on YouTube as well, but it just highlights cannabis and illnesses, disease, discomforts in a different light where it's simply medicine. And I think the big piece to this question is letting people know that you can use cannabis non-psychoactively. I say that all the time and people just look at me like I'm crazy for saying that. Well, there are other cannabinoids and terpenes that do not give you that high THC psychoactive kind of effect or disconnection um, that, that people don't want to have. And I am a prime example of that by juicing non-psychoactive, by using a CBD, CBN, CBG tincture mm-hmm. that's non-psychoactive, even though it has you know, 0.03% THC, I'm not feeling it because I'm doing it right. mm-hmm. um, in a way where it, it's just not getting me, dis, uh, you know, disconnected from my day. So just to, to really blanket that, ease, make it really easy saying cannabis isn't what it used to be. It's super medicinal. You can do it non-psychoactively. And what do you want to look, what do you want to use it for? Let's find sources for that. Yeah, that was honestly a really, you nailed it on the head. Honestly, that was a great, great. And I feel like that's something that people and, and especially in education aspects, when people are looking to get into cannabis, that's such a big misconception in our industry that just because you're using cannabis, it's, you have to get high, but that's actually in fact, not the case. And I mean, I've been budgeting for a year and a half now and we're super like, super like medically minded, um, Brandon's 
chiropractor actually owns um, our dispensary as well. So we have the same boss. And so even with that mindset, I've gotten to learn so much more about the non-psychoactive effects and just the benefits you can get from cannabis. And I mean, even as somebody who's been using for 10 years, that's huge because it's taught me so much and really opened my mind to maybe a little bit of like ignorance that I had about cannabis. I hear this all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's more new things happening all the time Um, and even super educated people. And there's so much more things to gather. So I'm really, yeah, I'm really excited that you guys are doing this show because I think your listeners, your audience will hopefully um, be able to get good quality things from all of your shows and move forward in their cannabis journey. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, so to flip the script just a little bit, but not too much, you're, I was reading and seeing that you're into like spiritual alignment, you're a Reiki master, you aid with balancing the chakras. I love all of that, very into that. Do you keep, um, do you keep your cannabis and spiritual practices separate or do they go like hand in hand for clients that you have? Or is that just like a preference? That's, that's an interesting one. Um, everything goes together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, because our bodies are spiritual being. You know, we're spiritual beings in these physical vessels. So, anything to help us get more into alignment, whether it be non psychoactive cannabis, whether it be juicing, whether it be having a healthier diet that's you know really based in ketos, um, whether it's mantras to keep your mind clear, whether it's um, being around the right energy, the yes. right people, mm-hmm. keeping your environment clear. Those are all huge indications of being in or out of alignment. And I explain to people who ask questions like this, what is out of alignment and what is in alignment? In alignment is simply stated your best health, your best mental well-being ever. What is out of alignment? Being unhealthy, being unhappy, being depressed, having physical ailments. That's it. That's the two. That's all you get. So if you look at it in that way, then you recognize everything that can get you in alignment has to be positive. Right. And so yes. if cannabis is one of those things, absolutely. It's all interconnected. Yeah. So my spiritual work, my, you know, medicine work, my, my healing work, the, the psychology work, everything that I do, even the work on my own podcast or or with the um, Holistic Institute, it's all to help people get spiritually aligned. I love that you say all of that. Yes. that. I mean, I know they all tie in together, but it was just very beautiful the way you said everything. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, oh, to kind of add to that, um, as someone who's familiar, Brandon's more into the um, spiritual side of things. And I've she's educated me, but as someone who's familiar, but doesn't really know a whole lot. And for those of our listeners who don't know, can you just briefly tell us what a Reiki master entails and what chakras are and how that ties in with our bodies? Sure. So a Reiki master basically holds space for healing. So a really qualified high-level Reiki master will pull in energy from the universe, positive healing energy, and typically will have a person lay on the table and place your hands over them and and just hold a vibration. You don't heal anyone. What you're doing is you're holding a healing vibration. And that healing vibration will, you know, the person's body will receive it or absorb it. It's like being outside in the rain. You you stand there long enough, your body's going to absorb the rain. It's the same kind of thing. So that's a Reiki master, but I've 
kind of graduated from doing anything in person to doing more kundalini practice, which is what I do on a regular basis. And so that's a couple hours of mantras and holding space and channeling positive energy into my body. So then it radiates outside of my body. So I don't have to do any work. I'm not going around healing people or being a Reiki master anymore or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I'm just holding a certain frequency, a certain level of what I feel to be positive white light energy. And that should just affect everyone around me, plants, animals, people. And that's, that's my piece of how I do that. Now, the chakras are found in not only the Kundalini lineage of philosophy, but also in the Reiki. Um, the chakras are specifically points within our body. We have root, sacral, solar, heart, throat, third eye, and crown. And if any of those chakras or energy vortexes, they're kind of like circles, they spin. Um, if any of them are not spinning or they're stagnant in any way, then we can kind of have energy blockages within the body in those areas. It's very fascinating. That is fascinating. That's so, fascinating. That's so crazy. Yes. yes. So for like just a quick example, if someone's having relationship issues, they're um, and they're a female, um, or they're having uh, cramping, really problems with their reproductive health, so on and so on, that's sacral issues. And they can look at a sacral affirmation for chakras. They can look at a sacral affirmation form and read those and realize how much that's connected to their physical issues. I love wow, that. I'm smiling so oh, hard over here. You are so beautifully spoken. Like, literally, you are piercing into my soul right now, and I love it. This is awesome. Oh, I love you. That's so great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you, you're just, uh, everything you said was so beautifully said, honestly. And as somebody who has not really looked much into that, I have friends who um, who practice Reiki and they actually have businesses around it. But, you know, you see things and you don't really reach out to ask questions or sometimes it's like, okay, that's really cool that they're doing that. But you get so caught up. So I really appreciate you taking the time to explain that because it was beautifully said. And honestly, it was exactly what I needed. So thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. Well, if that one does resonate with you, you know, finding sacral chakra affirmations or for anyone that's listening, if they're having root chakra. I mean, I can go through the chakras really quickly. Yeah, yes, sure. Do. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. So if anyone, to, and this is just the base, this is just the base. Like you, you can get a little bit deeper into it. I have classes on it. There's tons of stuff on YouTube, on my, on my channel, but there's also tons out there. Um, Cause this isn't a new thing. This is like super, super old information. But so a root chakra is the base of your spine. So that typically is dealing with family issues or feeling, um, you know, grounded within your dwelling or, or your homes, um, in your community, whatnot, the feeling rooted, the sacral, we explain that that's more relationships. Uh, the solar is your confidence, your energy that goes in and out. Your heart is more of that ability to love or be loved. Throat is more of, um, your speaking ability or also being heard or feeling heard or hearing actually. And then the third eye, that is your intuition, your positivity, your flashlight in the dark, as we say. And then your crown, that's connection to the universal energy. And, and that can be, you know, you can call it in whatever way you want to, uh, but that's 
that deep, deep, deep connection of just knowing. You're all knowing. So if anyone's having problems in any of those areas, I really suggest them to just look in to those particular chakra affirmation forms and, and feel it out and see how, you know, if they can't work with it to start changing that. And if we visualize those chakras as spinning discs, we just get it spinning. We just get that energy moving so it's not stagnant. And then it won't create a disillment, disease, or discomfort in the future. That is wow, great. That was that, really thank awesome. you for that explanation. Yeah, seriously, and that's that was like, so wonderful. They're good refreshers, good reminders. Yeah. And for anyone listening who hasn't heard of that stuff, you just got so blessed by I all know. this information. I'm so happy that you got to hear it. Oh my goodness. Well, um, I think we're going to kind of wrap things up right here, Dr. Hernandez. And we just want to say... Thank you for taking time out of your day to chat with us and just educate us on what you do and the gifts that you have that you get to share with other people. And then just really the different ways that cannabis can be implemented into our daily lives, our souls. And we're just really grateful for that. Yes. Thank you so much. It's honestly, this has been probably one of my more favorite chats just because I feel like I've learned so much on the more spiritual and holistic side of things. Yeah, and you filled your cup. Yeah, it definitely filled my cup. Thank you. So it's overflowing actually. So I really appreciate that. Oh, I love you ladies. I am so glad to spend time with you. And can I just say if any of the listeners would like to reach out to me personally, um, they can find me on the Bass interwebs, but it's at drpepperhernandez.com and everything from the Cannabis Holistic Institute to the podcast to all my media publications. They're all there for people to see. Yes. Thank you. And guys, please be sure to follow her on Instagram as well. It's at drpepperhernandez um, on IG. She's a great follow. But yeah, Aww. thank you so much for just taking the time. We cannot thank you enough. This has been a beautiful episode and we really appreciate you. Oh, thank you, ladies. Have a great afternoon. Thank you. You too. Take care. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.